You are now tuned in to the All Right Talk Show with me, your host, Shane Trainer, where we talk all things business, health, money, mindset, and everything in between. So crank up the volume, sit back and relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the All Right Talk Show. I am joined this week by someone who has really gone through the trials and tribulations of his property journey over the past few years, from a property sourcer to now a developer, and unfortunately losing his home in between. Yes, you heard that correctly. Simon Marsh from Three Trees Developments joins me on the show, and he is here to share also. Stay tuned. Simon, thanks for joining on the show. How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for speaking with me. You're very welcome. It's, it's really good to get you on. We first met at one of our events at the Developers Network a couple of weeks back, didn't we? Months yes, ago, we did, yeah. Months? Yeah, it's, uh, it was good, good to get to know you. Yeah, was it the April April when we went to? Time, time flies this year. Yeah, it's, it's gone too quick. Uh, but yeah, no, it was good to, good to meet you. And remind me where, where you're based, because you, you, you did a bit of travelling to get to our event, didn't you? I did, yes, I'm based. I'm based in a little place called the Forest of Dean, which is located between Gloucester and Bristol, right on the Welsh borders, but obviously English side. Mm. Um, and obviously there's not a lot of not a lot of networking events, not a lot of any events really around this way. So you have to you have to travel to locations over the main ones are normally the major cities, so over London, Manchester, Birmingham. So obviously for me wise it was a an hour and hour and thirty five drive up the motorway to, to yeah, do attend yeah. the Event. It's not too bad. Um, yeah, people, to be fair, people have travelled a lot further than that, which I'm surprised about. But uh, no, it was yeah, pleasure to to, to meet you for sure. Um, so yeah, I guess let's let's. I want to start by um, want to know what you did before you got into property because I know you mentioned that you did get into property as a source in 2017. But what did you do before that? Yeah, so I've I was um, I was an electrician for. Well, for 17 years, so electrician for seven years from the year 2000 to 2007 with my first company where I did my, my apprenticeship and my learning and gritting my teeth on different projects of a lot of residential, a lot of commercial, a lot of, a lot of industrial work. So I was, I was used to big sites and being chucked in the deep end of running sites and being an electrician on massive school jobs when I was running it my, on my own as like a a spotty-faced teenager in some ways. My very early 20s, I was running massive jobs in dealing with architects and builders and planners and everybody, then all the battles, but as a young kid. And then looking at you going, you don't know anything. You're, you're too young, you know, this kind of scenario. So I had all that battles very early days as an electrician. And yeah. I, I progressed from there to electrical engineer for, for, for 10 years, from 2007 to 2017. Um, but in that... In that time, again, I was running lots of lots of sites, lots of jobs, doing lots of dr- driving around the country, and I've always I've always been in the trade. I've always been in development of any sort of obviously on multiple multiple sites jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2015, we took a bit of a a bit of a detour. Me and my family we went to Toronto in Canada for for a year. We actually emigrated. We were, our plan was to emigrate over there. Interesting. Okay, tell us about that. We had applied for visas five years previous. It took so long to come through in that five-year window. Is it the lottery, is it? Because I wanted to go there. Uh, well, actually, I've just done a work Canada, and I know they went on a lottery system, but I don't know how it works for immigration. 
I, I went I went through like a point system. Mm. Obviously, being being a tradesman and having so many qualifications, that kind of side of things, it got me enough points to justify oh, yeah. coming into the country and then to bring my family with me, my wife and my son. Um, but the, the process was took so long. I say five five years. When we applied, we expected it to be twelve months, and then mm-hmm. we moved. It took five years. In in those five years, I I got married. Um, I'd lost my I lost my father, who unfortunately died of cancer, mm-hmm. and then we had my son. So then when the visas come through, we were like, wow, we're not really ready now to be emigrating. But <laughs> come from the post years. one morning. You're like, yes. okay. Five years is a long time. And I was like, forgot about this. <laughs> we were like, Christ, we, we kind of got to do it now. So we, 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 we did. In, in hindsight, it was the wrong time to go. We should have waited, but we went for it. Gunno, sold all our stuff, rented our house over here in England, and we went for it. Um, and it was fine. It was fantastic. It was back. It was hard. It was lots of learning and there were battles, but as a place, the country, I loved it. I loved the experience of the, loved the way they manage people, way they, I was employed as an electrician, but my, my boss was like my best mate. And my wife's boss was like her best mate. And they treat you completely different to where the like bosses and managers treat you over here. And it seems a little bit weird, but they, they really care for their employees. They really, really do. You know, they are, they're like family to you. And it was, yeah. It was great to have that experience in, I went straight into a higher job and I went, I was, I had a team of 10 electricians under me. So I had quite a high position and my wife had the same and we both kind of had been running the mill over in England beforehand and we kind of found our own, our own belief and our own worth. Mm. It took that change of scenery to go, right, actually you're, you're more capable than what you're doing. Get yourself out of that rut. Yeah. And we had a few issues with our tenants over in England, as you do. Our, our, our brand new house was getting trashed and our garden was trashed and I was, well, the agents were letting me down. So we had all uh. this stress in England. Then we had about two months of going, right, do we come back? Why should we go back? Should we stay? We literally proed and conned both countries and where we lived, everything. And we, we decided to come back after 12, so over 12 months, which was, it, it was sad, but we had a, better belief in we had a better belief in what you could achieve in this country and what you could do and what options there were and all the pros and cons and it was a right let's come back sort ourselves out five ten years then maybe go back in the future um but when we when we arrived back we both had a different drive we had a different drive of we could achieve more um we could see more even like even my boss when i left canada I said to him, look, I've got problems with my house. I've got a bit of debt. I need to clear all that kind of stuff. My boss offered to clear my debt, sort my house out for me to keep me in Canada. No way. And like, how many, how many bosses would go that far to keep an employee? And, I, and I'll always yeah. respect it. I'll always, I'll always hold him close to my heart for that. I'm like, yeah, fair play. That's, that is how you should treat your employees. And I'll, I'll never say anything bad about him because he was like, fair play. Oh, I'm never going to have a boss never again. Let's just make that clear. But... I want to be that type of boss to my employees in the future. So they, they look at me as a friend, but I've also got their back if they need me. And that's, that's something that was a good, good lesson. Um, but then, so yeah, we come, we come back. We come back 2016 time with that different drive and different scenario. And I went back into my old job. I left. They, they kind of kept it open for me. So I went straight back into the rut. Yeah. Um, but then on a, on a chance meeting, 
or chance chance interview or heard on the radio, heard somebody on the radio talking about how they bought 400 houses in two years and all this kind of scenario after being in debt and all this kind of scenario. I was like, okay, that's, that seems a bit of fluff. Yeah, but but, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I did buy a book. I bought a book here, bought a book. I went to a couple of seminars for a, for a, a property trading company, which I won't mention no names. But it, it showed me that things were possible and it showed me the different options of financing and different buying strategies, all that kind of scenario. And me and my wife both went. We both went into March in March 2017. So not long after we've been back in the country, really. And um, and yeah, we, we went from that, that seminar and we set up a, train, a, a deal sourcing company. And I'll say we ran that deal sourcing company from that point onwards in the October of that year. So literally from the March to October, I managed to quit my job. So I managed to get myself out of employment full time. And I'll say, yeah, full time, full time property investing. So that was the start of the boom, really. Yeah, and just a quick sidetrack from that, because obviously, uh, you know, I speak to quite a few property sources at the moment and agents that deal with property sources. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're having a very hard time and they have been for the past 18 months, let's say. Um, would you say when you did it back in 2016, 2017, 2017 it was, wasn't it? Um, was it, you know, a lot easier? Do you do you think? I mean, can, can you, is it like apples and yeah, pears now? Yeah, it's a very good question. Honestly, I, I, if I go back to 2016, or sorry, 17, 18, I would have bought five times the amount I could have bought. Um, the, the amount of opportunities what were around then were, I, I was, I was doing, I was doing 10 viewings a day, probably three days a week, not five days a week because it's too much, but at least yeah. three days a week I was doing 10 viewings. So say 30 viewings a week. Yeah. Um, and out of those 30, I'd probably get about 10 deals. Mm, Whereas same. if I, if I spent next week booking viewings in, I'd probably get one or two a day maybe. And if I got a deal next week, I'd be going, I'd be doing well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it has changed. The market has changed. Yes. The prices have gone up. Um, but then, I, I do think there's a big, there's been a big onslaught of training companies and people chucking sorcerers out there. And my my feeling is a lot of companies who don't train them properly, they don't, they don't train them to build those relationships with the agents. And they, they go into this, some of these agencies, they put in stupid offers, they annoy the agent, they annoy the vendor. So then if I go into a new agent and I say, oh, you have a deal sourcer, instantly they've got bad rapport with deal sources altogether. And they've yeah. got a brand. Then their back's against the wall and it makes it very, very, very hard to get a deal out of them then because they've got no trust in you then. And I have to spend a lot of time then trying to build that relationship back up. Yeah, I almost feel like, well, it, it, you know, it's true. You've got to do business with them before they trust you. And it's like, well, I've got to buy an actual house to, do, to, to get that trust. And it's like, well, yeah. I need to get that trust before I've got the deal because I need the deals to get the deal. It's like a catch-22. Yeah. It's, it's, it's rocking hard, so I do, I do think there's, there are strategies and there it's, I think the last couple of years, yes, it's been very hard where the market's been going up and up and up and up and up. Uh, as I said, my, my personal view is, either, I even my personal view now, I think the market's settled, it's settled massively, and I do think it's going down. This from the amount of view properties in my areas where I'm looking at around South Wales, well, they're, they're getting reduced. They're they're not they're not selling within a week or two weeks or three weeks. So they're they're really starting to stagnate a little bit now. And I, I just think that's gonna get worse. I have seen a couple of repossessions come back onto the market, which that's the first time in 18 months, two years. 
So there, slowly the, the game's changing. It's starting to change. And I think then there's going to be a lot of opportunities going forward, especially for the, the back end of this year. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for people who are going to be in trouble. And then if you are a good source and you've got good contacts and you can literally help these people on getting them out of a hole, moving their house on quickly to a good investor, then you're going to, you're going to have some good options there, but only if you're doing it on the right ethics and trying to help these people rather than chasing the coin. Because there's going to be people in, in, in a lot of financial difficulty. That's the thing, isn't it? Like one thing, the mindset I, I go with when, when speaking to agents, um, I'll say, look, um, have you got anything on your books that are causing uh, problems, issues? Yeah. Do any of your clients need help? Look, we are cash buyers. Um, you know, we can offer, we're not going to take the nick. We'll offer slightly less, but not to the extent where it's a, it's a piss take offer. Um, you know, it'll be a fair valuation. Um, do they need help? Um, can we help? And, you know, I haven't had great success doing that because they've got X, X amount of higher offers, but the, uh, the problem with the higher offers is they're, they're, they're going to come back because they're, they're overvaluing them again. And what happens yeah. is it yeah. gets the, the um, you know, they'll look at it and then they won't be able to get the funding on it because they've paid over and above or they've put the offer over and above what it's worth. And then it'll yes. go to the next highest, not bidder, but, you know, person that put the offer yeah. in, if you will. And the same thing happens again. And I'm like, are you not sort of, I'm not I'm not saying you need to educate your um, clients that are putting these offers, but you need to say, look, to be honest, that's a really high offer. That's great, but it's gonna it's gonna get um, downvalued. Um, so you know, maybe just you need to speak to the vendor and say, look, this is the maximum offer you should be accepting on this. That and it will it'll go through at that level. It would. I think it. Unfortunately, there's as much as I can. I can. Any you can pick holes anybody, can't you? But there's also there's also some very good agents out there. There's also yes. some very bad agents, and that is part of the problem as well. So proper mix. There, there is in my, my personal choice. I tend to go with independent companies. I, I don't have. I've got. I've got good relationships with some of the, the bigger chain agencies across the UK, but a lot of them are just Saturday jobs, or it's just a job for them. They don't really. They got no passion in property. They got no passion in helping. And I find a lot of the independent companies who've been going 50, 60, 70 years. That's their bread and butter. They really care about their customers. Yeah. They've got that. And I, I always I love working with people like that because then you are you're both trying to work for that win-win for the customer and for the vendor and it's, it's not about it's a number it's not oh I need to do this sale by the end of March it's it's it's, it's more to it than that. it's a personal personal people game not just not this not this chasing the shiny penny which a lot of them fall into unfortunately and, or they they give you values on how you're trying to sell and they they up it so they try and get the work. Knowing farewell that if they pull it up for a high price, yeah, you're going to reduce it, reduce it, then it's going to find this natural sale price. And it always goes on, but we've got the pair to choose what agents we work with, haven't we, really? There's enough of them yeah. out there. And yeah. and if they know you're coming from a, a very good moral place and what you're trying to achieve and what you're trying, who you're trying to help, then, then they're going to give you the deals. And I've, I've got a couple of my agents, they'll, even in that scenario, if they've got five offers on the table and I'm the lowest out of all of them but the other ones are just chasing the penny predominantly I'll, I'll, t- I'll tend to get the deal because yeah. they know what I'm about they know they've got a bit of trust in rapport in me but they also know I'm not just there chasing the penny I'm just trying to help the person and I'll say yes we can help them and yes we're a business we need to make money but 
if it fits both ends, mm. then great. And they, they yeah, they'll, they'll happily pass it straight through to me then, which is, yeah, it's a lovely, lovely place to be. Absolutely spot on. Yeah, and I think that's, um, yeah, ultimately it's it's relationship building yeah 100 yeah, percent. Um, it is it is yeah so okay moving on from sourcing then um one of your first renovation projects um i know we, we sort of spoke about this very briefly but i wanted to understand a bit more about it so you had um an overseas investor with your first renovation project and you described it like a baptism of fire <laughs> can you tell me more about yeah that? yeah definitely definitely so i was we, I can't remember when we got this. We, I was still, I was still employed when we were we started the renovation. So between myself and my wife, we managed to find a good deal. It was in Newport, South Wales. Um, and again, we managed, we managed to find an investor who seemed lovely on the phone. And yes, they had put the money in, and they're gonna, they're happy with the renovation costs. How did you find the investor? Just uh, that one that. was through. Actually, it was, that was she was through. So it wasn't she. I won't say the names. Um, <laughs> it was, it was. Through a Facebook group, okay, yeah, it was. It was also you. You can get a lot of the old traditionals investors coming saying, oh, "I'm looking for deals online," um, and I think it was one of those one of those forums, one of those groups, and we're like, "Okay, yeah, we've got some deals in South okay. Wales." Yeah, yeah. Sometimes just when you're first starting, it, you just tell a little bit of a lie. Yeah, we've got ten deals coming up. Yeah, we had one. Yeah, but yeah. we were we were green. We were new to the new yeah, to yeah. the game. But again, we yeah, we got on well on the phone. She was happy. She yeah, she was she was far away, foreign investor, far enough away where she couldn't just fly in easily, to put it mm. put it that way. So yeah. she had to have trust in the deal, she had to have trust in say in my ability then to oversee this oversee the job. So obviously I have to sell myself on that, say, look, this is my experience, this is what I can do. Here's our team, here's the team we're gonna use. Um and yeah, and we and we started it in the job. The job was okay. The job went well. Um, it overran by about four or five months because it was a big, it was a big renovation. Again, it was a big three bed, but completely gutted inside, reconfigured. The kitchen was moved, bathrooms were moved downstairs, structural supports put in. Then the roof, we thought the roof was salvageable, but it wasn't. So we had to have a whole new roof on it as well, which was an extra cost. But this this investor, she was um yeah, she was something else. She was on me all every day, pretty much. What's this? What's that? Even the photographs. It was well. Why is that? Why is it this year? Why isn't that there? And it's so hard to try to trying to keep up to date with an investor who's so far away through photographs and videos because it's a photo or video. You can't see it with natural eyes. Yeah. And she was picking at everything, even if something wasn't quite right. It was like, what about this? What about that? What about that? And it was this like constant. It was like having. But the worst kind of micromanager in the world on you. And no, normally, mm. once a week, every two weeks, you check in. The investors are normally quite happy. Whereas for her, it was literally daily, constant, 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 constant. And I was like, crikey, is every job going to be like this? So they're, they're on you, they're on you, they're on you. Why this done? Why that done? Then not telling you colours of walls, not telling you the finish of the kitchen, not getting back to you, even though they're picking at you all the time. Never telling you what they want either. So I'm like, well, I'll make the decision. And then my decision would be wrong. It was like, whoa, what a job this is. <laughs> what so, we're doing. So was this a um, uh, was this a flip? Was it a BRR? Yeah, yeah it was it, it was it was a, it was bought as you could either flip it or you could BRR it. Um it okay, was, there, so was no, there was a couple of exits on it. 
Yeah, best, best part of three percent. Yeah, three percent in it. To be honest, come the, come the back end. To it. It, was a, it was a good. It was a good deal. It was a very good deal at the time. Mm. Um, I, I, I would snap my hand off for it today. Um, but yeah, when we all. Was, <laughs> yeah, and it was it was a, it was a lovely deal, and it was just. I think it comes down to when you when you if you're deal sourcing or you're working with anybody, like choosing that person you work with is so key. And if I like. If I'd have known what this lady would have been like, I wouldn't have sold her that deal. I would have sold it to somebody else. Yeah. Because this goes, yes, people are demanding. They want the best. And, I, and yeah, I strive for a high level. That's, that's my standard. I don't do half a job. I've always, mm. as an electrician, electrical engineer, you can't cut corners. It, yeah. it costs them life. That's, that's been drummed into me from when I was a young boy. Mm. Um, so my level is high. And I, I, I expect that of my ability. I expect it of any finish. And, and then I've got, I've got, that, on that particular job, it was just constant. This ain't right, that ain't right, this ain't right, this ain't right. And like messaging me all day, all night, and it's constant bombardment. I'm like, let, let me do my job. Yeah. And it was, like I said, it was a it was a proper baptism of fire. And the job, the job was done. She she didn't want to pay for a couple of extras at the end because we did we things that we put in, we put new gutter in it, down pipes on stuff like that. And we paint the front of the house and all the sails. So the house looked brilliant from the front. Curb appeal is beautiful. But then she was like, oh, I didn't really want new, I didn't really want new drain pipe, down pipes and stuff like that. I'm like, well, it's, it was like 400 pounds. I ain't paying for that. I ain't paying for this. And, and then honestly, it ended up, it ended up costing me 900 pounds for my own, my own money at the end of that job. Because she didn't want to pay for these little final, finest, finishing details to make her house look nice, even though, it was up value by what I, I predicted and she still would have paid, paid 900 pounds. So I was like, okay, lesson learned, fingers burnt as well for 900 pounds. Yeah, I was like, yeah. right, I'll, I'll remember that. And then stupidly, I let her have a deal about six months after that. So I did a second deal. For oh, <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't believe that you wouldn't this was a smaller job and it was a smaller job that was a terrorist case yeah not not as bad 13 grand is a 13 grand for a complete renovation so all interior interior is done carpets painted new bathroom new kitchen 13 grand which you can't i could do it now for that and i i bought yeah. some favors to get a price yeah and then she and she, and she still picked holes at the end of that too bless her she still wasn't happy i was like I can't. I can't give you any more. I've given you blood and money, and you're still not happy. So, I, uh, so I was like, "Yeah, no, no more." And it 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 really became crucial to pick the investor. Then I know if sometimes you just go, "Well, they've got money, or they've got this, they'll be fine." But it, no, you, you have to dig a little bit deeper. You have to dig into their personality. What do they want? What do they? What, what's their? What's their objectives? What's their goals? What's their values? And to do a little bit more research, a little bit more due diligence, and then it, it makes the whole process that much smoother. Because if a job overruns, and if it's a bigger project, it is, it's not three months, it's six months, it's nine months, it's 12 months, 18 months. Yeah. It could be two years on a bad, bad scenario. You're in, you're in with them for a long time. Yeah. And if, if it's not quite right from the start, that's going to be exposed so fast. And then, then it's a battle all the way through. And you, do, you don't want that. It's, 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 they don't want that. You don't want that. So just yeah. cut it, cut it at the start, and find somebody else. Yeah, and I guess that's when you go through the process of finding a JV partner or slash investor. It's it's I guess asking the right questions, getting the vibe. But again, you know, 
you guys obviously was inexperienced at the time uh, and you know it was your first investor so it's like okay we've, we've got someone that wants you know that, that's got money that wants to invest and they're overseas that's great they might not be asking as many questions and you know if you're overseas you know might be that good relationship but i guess you know it's going forward you know exactly what questions to ask you probably pick up on vibes straight away to see what type of person they are because you've dealt with that type of person before and I think yeah, that, it's, yeah it, it, you do it, and I, I think you think yeah, you can you you got it on that you know like you hit the hammer on the nail on the head there is because they're overseas. You think oh yeah, it's not be much hassle. They can't just turn up and give me hassle that kind of scenario. You think oh, it's a great scenario. They've got money, they're overweight. I can just get on with it, get the job done. And in in hindsight, it's probably the wrong way of looking at it as well. It's like wrong. No, what do they want? And really get a feel for what what they want to achieve and who they are and what they expect of you. And we, we work with, I would say even today, we work with probably 75% overseas investors compared to UK investors. Maybe even more, maybe, maybe 80 to 85%. A lot of our, most of our investors are overseas. Um, and I, I don't mind that. I, I just, we've set up for it now. We know what they want. We know what they achieve. And I do do some good videos now, go around with a proper gimbal, that kind of stuff. So I do real good quality videos so they can see the finer details of the property and keep doing that every couple of weeks so that they don't feel like they're missing out. Yeah. They, they can see the changes as well then. And obviously I'll explain, because sometimes on a renovation, you can spend two weeks and not much looks like it's changed. And like, you've really got to pick out, hey, look, this has been done, all the woodwork's been done, all the frames have been done, this has been finished. Yeah. That's been finished. Everything that's behind the walls and you can't yeah. see, it's, that's yeah. a lot of work right there, yeah. They expect yeah. the kitchen to be on and all to be, all to be shiny. <laughs> you know, there's so much work before but then, it gives me the chance to explain what's happened. And then they're, they're learning as well then through the process. They're seeing that every couple of weeks. They're kind of having a, a tutorial every few weeks of the process of their house being renovated. So two, three, four of them down in the line projects, they've got a fair whack of knowledge as well then. So they're, they're learning and growing with the projects, which is yeah, nice to give back on that sense as well. Wow. Cool. So I'm going to do something a bit different here now. And... I'm actually going to um, leave the audience on suspense and do a part two to this. So I'm going to say first that you picked up traction and then you got this hotel deal that was either going to make you or break you, right? Yeah, definitely. It was, um, a, it was a, a shiny penny was put in front of our noses. <laughs> and this is what led to obviously... Um, you know, you losing your house. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to see you next week on the All Right Talk Show for part two. So stay tuned and ciao for now.